Hey, my friends, welcome back to the Uncommodified Podcast. Just before we get things started today, I wanted to share another social media post, actually a conversation that I had with a lady named Brittany, who is an uncommodified listener from Florida. And here's the question that she asked me and I answered. It was actually on a a message on LinkedIn. Here's what she wrote. I have a question for you, Tim. You've used the word or the phrase brailing out several times. And honestly, I never have heard it before. And I ended up replacing it with digging in. But I'm curious about what it means and where it came from. Here's my response to Brittany. By the way, great question. Here's my response. That's a great question, I said. The phrase brailing out is my way of saying that I want to or I'm going to touch something and feel it or explore it because the idea or the thought is uh, still a little bit in the dark for me or in an undiscovered place. I started using this expression after meeting and spending time with a blind man in Africa who used the braille system and touch sensory to understand his world and to obviously to read. I was powerfully impacted by this experience and how he used touch to unlock learning and discover his world. He gave birth to this phrase for me. So now when I'm exploring and learning something, I'm brailing it out. I imagine I am the man on that journey, just like he was, a journey of discovery. Also, you might be well aware by now, if you've ever watched the Uncommodified podcast on YouTube, or if you're watching this now on YouTube, that I talk with my hands a lot. So this term also is my expression for not only using my hands to talk, but to also use my fingers to touch and explore ideas. And so your replacement, Brittany, of the term brailing it out with digging it in is absolutely appropriate and a great interpretation of the essence of what I'm trying to communicate with that expression. Thanks again for your question. It tells me that you're a person on a learning journey yourself and a very keen listener for sure. Cheers. Thanks so much, Brittany. I love that, my friends. Keep them coming. Share your questions. Share your thoughts with me. Now, let's get into it for today. This is the eighth episode in that 14-part series. And today, we're going to explore another one of the 13 actions, the 13 characteristics, the 13 passions of those who are unending legacy leavers, the uncommodified, the unenders who, even though many of them are gone now, they're still alive with me and many others. Unenders, they are unenders And they were unenders because they were runners. And if you and I can become runners now with and for others, runners who set the pace, who race, and who place our baton in the hands of others, we can and we will become unending legacy leavers, unenders in the lives of the people we encounter in this life. So here's our thought we want to explore today. Unenders are runners. They are sprinters. They run sprints, fast and impressive, short bursts of energy and action that inspires and thrills the crowd. They run marathoners. They're marathoners. The awe-inspiring steady stamina of the long-distance runner where their endurance is impressively displayed for all to see. And they're also relay runners. They run a relay, a race in which their ultimate success is and will be found by placing their baton whatever that baton is, in the hands of others. All right, let's push into this. Unenders are sprinters, and they inspire and thrill others with their fast and impressive short bursts of energy and action. Their ability to get off the line and into full stride on a project or a program is awe-inspiring. Their ability to ideate and innovate before anyone else has gotten out of the blocks is captivating. 
But here's their real superpower. Here is the power they have. They will always want to teach you. They always want to teach you how to do it as well as they do. And they'll spend hours helping you and others learn the skill and secrets required to do it well, to get out of the blocks, to get into a fast ride, to get into a rhythm, and to break the finish line tape in record-setting pace. Now, the first time you meet them or the first time you try to run with them, they will most likely be waiting for you already at the finish line where they'll be congratulating you on your effort and then they'll invite you to practice with them and become a world-class or an Olympic-class sprinter as well. And whether it's a personal or professional sprint that they're running, they run like the wind and they create a whirlwind of inspirational action that thrill the crowd and you, but not just thrill you, they cause and inspire you to want to do it with them and get it done with them. Sprinters, at the end of the day, get shit done. Fast and impressive, short burst of energy and action, and you will want to train with them and they will want to train you to be a sprinter as well. When I think of this idea of unenders or sprinters, I think of my friend and my, my colleague and my partner one time, Artaj Singh. I've talked to you about him in the past, Dr. Artaj Singh. I have never met anybody who can get out of the gate faster on an idea, who can think it through, figure it out, and get things done. He gets shit done. He can outthink you and outmaneuver you in a minute, but he doesn't want to leave you behind. And he taught me a lot about critical thinking and quick thinking and how to evaluate things and make decisions well. Obviously, being a doctor, you need to do that every day. And so he is a master at this, and he taught me to do it as well. Artaj, thanks for inspiring me by your power of being a sprinter and getting off the blocks before anybody else when we work together. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Unenders are also marathoners, and their awe-inspiring stamina, their steady stamina will captivate you every time. And their endurance, it's impressive and impactful. Their ability to run and finish the long long-distance run will make you challenge yourself to do the same. Now, the marathon, a marathon, is all about sustained energy management for miles, for many miles, and many meters. It's not just short, energetic push. It's not all about the push. And as I brailed this one out, by the way, Brittany, that one was for you. When as I brailed into the physiology of running, I recently read an article by Lisa Buckingham on runnersworld.com entitled How Your Breathing Can Help You Run Faster and With Less Effort. Here's what Lisa wrote in that article. The Post noted this that she wrote, Getting oxygen to your working muscles is the most natural thing in the world, but with the right training, you can boost your performance with every breath you take when you run. At rest, your lungs will take in 10 to 12 liters of air per minute. When you run, depending on how big you are and how fast you're running, this increases by four to eight times, as says Allison McConnell, professor of exercise science at Bournemouth University and author of Breathe Strong, Perform Better. This is what the, the article goes on to say. Slower, deeper breathing will benefit your running. Taking deeper, slower breaths will deliver more oxygen to the muscles than short, shallow breaths. As you're taking in more air and expending less energy, when that precious oxygen passes into your bloodstream, it hitches a ride on the protein inside your red blood cell called hemoglobin, which transports it to your quads, your hamstrings, and every other muscle that's working to keep you moving. Wow, man, the human body is fascinating. That's fascinating stuff. Here's what I took from reading that. 
fueled by oxygen, marathoners, fueled by oxygen, breathing in the gas of good air and exhaling the toxic fumes of carbon dioxide. They run and run and run and run. And whether you're a physical marathon or you are a a marathoner in the sense that we're talking about the unending desire to be a marathoner in the things we do, you're taking in the good air and you're exhaling the toxins. And by the way, those unending marathoners, they'll teach you to do the same. They'll teach you to breathe in good air and then get out the toxin in your life because if not, it's going to cripple your muscles and make it difficult for you to run the race that's before you. And marathoners, when you think about this, uh, who, who do become unenders, do this so well, breathing it all in. And part of what I think is born of this idea, I think they really understand that as the ancient Greeks did, that the word that they use for breath is actually the word pneuma, and it suggests ultimately uh, an idea around spirit or soul. The idea was when you were breathing in, this was a very spiritual thing that was happening. You were breathing in spirit. You were breathing in the soul of something happening around you. And ultimately, the, I think these marathoners in my life understood that the, the spirit or soul is the breath that energizes and ultimately animates their run. And if you ask them, they will teach you how to breathe as well, how to breathe in something bigger than yourself, something spiritual, and bring it into your soul, into your very being, and use it to strengthen your muscles and your hamstrings so you can run well the race of life before you. Now, when you meet a marathoner, you're going to wonder, how, how do they do it? How have they done it so long and so well? Um, and whether it's their personal professional stick to which I'm not sure if it's a word, but to their personal professional stick to whatever about it that makes your draw drop, you're going to want to learn to pace yourself as they do. And pace is a big part of the wisdom that marathoners bring to themselves and to you if you will listen and be guided by them. They understand the wisdom of pace and pacing yourself in the long race and the long races in life. And that is the gift that the marathon brings you. They, they teach you that although there are times when you will, you will sprint, there's also times when you're going to run differently, where you're going to pace yourself differently. And even when you're running, you might be resting. There could be resting in the running somehow so that you you can run further and endure the longer journey. And they are going to teach you the wisdom of that. And if you watch them, they're going to instruct you in the ways of pace and rhythm. And every once in a while, they're going to come to you and say, you know what? That's a recipe for disaster in your life. That's a recipe for burnout. You can't marathon like a sprinter. And if you hear their wisdom, it will impact you. And their wisdom will probably speak to you far beyond their, their natural life and into a time when they're no longer with you. Marathoners understand energy management, self-management, and self-discipline are the practices that enable the long-distance run and the runner. And so you're going to meet some people, you know, over your life, you know, and they're going to have 30 years on the job or 30 years in the trenches of community advocacy, and it's going to inspire you to pace yourself to sustain your efforts and energy and cross the finish line sometime or someday. Because the finish line is a lot closer when you're a sprinter. Maybe it's 100 meters away, but the finish line's a lot longer away when you start when you're a marathoner, and you have to understand and appreciate that. Now, one of the most memorable marathoners I ever met that I can think back on is a woman named Dorothy Shirk. Dorothy Shirk was a, a very spiritual woman, a woman of faith that we met a number of years ago. She had been a missionary at one time, and she was a school teacher. And we met her in the latter part of her life, and she was pushing into her 80s and 90s. 
And what really struck me about Dorothy is she understood that her life was all about this long-distance run. And, and even though she had run, run so long, um, and she had the sense that she would live a long, fulfilled life, she also recognized that the fulfillment of a lot of the things that she would be looking for in her life would come after she was dead. And that's the reality, and that leads us into that next piece. I was so inspired by Dorothy sitting with her in her her later years and hearing her wisdom and being encouraged to not just sprint in life, because I was a young man at the time, but to look at life as a longer haul and to sustain a journey for a lifetime. Thanks, Dorothy, for inspiring me. And of course, as I just mentioned, Dorothy understood that a lot of stuff was going to happen after she wasn't here and things she hoped for. She was a person of faith. Things she prayed for, she recognized would never actually happen in her lifetime. And this brings us to the last point in this subject, which is this. Unenders are relay race runners because they know and they have to understand that their ultimate success is found by placing their baton in the hands of others. They're all about passing it on, whatever it is, passing on the personal and professional baton to others, passing on information, passing on their skills, passing on their knowledge, and most importantly, passing on their passion to their teammates and life mates who must run the leg of the race after them. They're not afraid, absolutely not afraid to put their success in your hand and trust you to run well with them. And that is one of the gifts and one of the challenges for a runner. The relay runner has to trust you with the baton, and that's what they do. And you'll know it. You'll feel that that transference of trust as they put that baton in your hand, and it will create confidence in you as you take the baton. That's what will happen. They understand and they know that it's all about the handoff, and they practice it over and over and over again to get it right. And whether they're passing off a project or a promise to you or an idea or an ideology, they will make sure that you are well prepared to take it and run well with it. And they'll cheer you on as they catch their breath and watch you run. And most significant of all, relayers who become unenders don't just place the baton in your hand. They press the baton into your heart. They press it into your heart. Not just it into your hand, but it into your heart. And that's when everything changes. And we are re-energized along the way in our own race because we're energized and animated by passion. Now, as I reflect on all this, I've thought a lot about the people who've passed on things to me, passed on information, passed on skills, their knowledge, and most importantly, their passion to me. And I've also thought a lot about about what I have and what I am passing on to the next generation of Windsors, about uh, how they will soon run without me, and about the importance about what I'm passing on and pressing into their hands and their hearts, and my children, obviously. I think of my children, I think of my grandchildren. And even though we've had a bad handoff in the last generation of the Windsor family, and even though I've dropped the baton and I couldn't find it for many years, frankly, I've now picked it up and I have firmly clenched the values and principles that I want to pass on. I know the baton. I understand it, and I've got it firmly in my hand. And I'm running hard with a keen sense that what I leave in the hands and in the hearts of my family is what legacy is really all about. 
Now, here are my final thoughts on all this. On-enders are runners, and they know that nothing is birthed or built instantaneously. Advancements and developments are made in tiny pulses. Sprints that become successive laps and long-distance marathons and ultimately in a relay race, an endless relay race in which the baton of ideas and ideologies are passed on and pressed in to the hand and heart of the next generation for them to carry forward, onward, and upward, carried by others after your race and my race is done and dusted, and you and I are dust and ashes. And although I am not, I am not a runner at all. I don't run physically. I do see myself as an unender, sprinter, marathoner, and relay runner. And I want to take that baton and run my leg of the race and then place that baton in the hands of others. And in the end, and at the end, I want to know, I don't want to wonder, I don't want to hope that I've run my leg of this race well and ultimately set others up to win their leg of the race long after I'm no longer on the track. As the French novelist Romain Gary said, I see history as a relay race in which one of us, before dropping in his tracks, must carry one stage further the challenge of being a man. What a powerful quote. I see history as a relay race in which one of us, before dropping in his tracks, must carry one stage further the challenge of being a man. And as the civil rights activist Tony Cade Bambera so powerfully expressed, our lives preserved how it was, how it be, passing it along in the relay. That is what I work to do. So here's my unending challenge for you this week. Firstly, appreciate and thank in your mind or by mail your sprinters who have inspired and thrilled you with their fast and impressive short bursts of energy and action. Appreciate and thank by mind or by mail your marathoners for their awe-inspiring steady stamina, for their endurance that has impressed and impacted you, for their ability to run and finish the long-distance run and how they have challenged you to do the same. And appreciate and thank, by mail or by mind, your relayers who have placed their ultimate success, their baton, in your hands. Secondly, for some new people in your life, some, someone new or maybe someone you already know or someone you haven't met yet, inspire them to train for their races as well. Inspire and train them to understand and appreciate that nothing is birthed or built instantaneously, that advancements and developments are made in tiny pulses, that sprints will become successive laps and long-distance marathons will become and ultimately be, be a relay race, an endless relay race, in which the baton of ideas and ideologies are passed on and pressed into the hearts and the hands of the generation that is coming next, for them to carry forward, onward, and upward, carried by others after your race is done and dusted and you are dust and ashes. They are unenders, these people we're talking about, and maybe you and I, we will be unenders because they were and we are runners. And if you and I can become runners now with and for others, runners who set the pace and race and place our baton in the hands of others, we can and we will become unending legacy leavers, unenders in the lives of many people we encounter in this life. Thanks for listening, and never forget, you're not getting out of here alive, so run the race well, because your reputation, your impact, and mine will outlive and outlast us. Have an excellent day. Thanks for listening in today. If you've not subscribed to the Uncommodified podcast yet, do it today. Do it right now. And please rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen on. That would be so helpful to help us spread the word. Now it's time to own what you heard today. Get it out of your head and activate it in your life. And when you do, tell me how you are uncommodifying yourself and standing out for all the right reasons in a very crowded world.